What It Do DMV. It is episode eight of Chirpin DMV. You are here with the boys yet again. Coach is here. I'm here with Kyle. I'm here with AB. Kyle, how's your weekend, bro? Uh, good weekend, man. Got a text on Friday morning asking if I wanted to play in a roller hockey tournament this weekend, so why not? Got the free Saturday. Went up to the Big One tournament in the White Marsh area. Played in that. Uh, got knocked out early in the first round. Played with a team called the Dinosaurs. Good guys. Shout out to them. But uh, just good to be back on the wheel skating around. And uh, another shout out to Chirpin DMV guy Alex Gross. His team, Just the Tip, won the gold division in that tournament this weekend. So all around good tournament, good hockey weekend for me. AB? So uh, Friday, I ended up going up to uh, Eldersburg to my buddy Jimmy Sullivan's. And uh, we hit cheddars pretty much all weekend. Yeah, the karaoke Friday game, night. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, the karaoke oh, was, we were hitting that hard. And uh, I think we had about eight or nine songs. It was basically a concert for like six people. And then Saturday, we uh, I had my cousin's graduation. She just graduated high school. And she is going to Elon. Elon, so all right. For congrats, the for the cross. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a wedding weekend for our, our good buddy Supernova, our good buddy Hunter. So a couple of boys from Philly were back in town. So the boys got together and did tunes on Friday night. And oh, you know how that goes. The old tunes for tunes. one turned into tunes for a couple. But obviously since we moved out of there, uh, couldn't walk home. But, yeah, so then wedding Saturday night, Supernova's wedding Saturday night down in Solomon's. Absolutely beautiful. Love was in the air per usual with the wedding. So, and then the boys uh, kind of had themselves a time with an open bar and couldn't tell you much of what happened after that. So. <laughs> Classic. Spent yesterday just kind of recovering, doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, let's, well, we might as well get right into it. So, we'll start actually with some, uh, some local hockey. See what we got going on in the area. So earlier in May, uh, Bryce Montgomery, Bowie native from Team Maryland in the Matha, uh, spent last season on the blue line for Cushing Academy up in New England Prep League and is a Providence commit signed to play with the London Knights in the OHL. Next oh, season nice. Dale Hunter. Yeah, so congrats out to Bryce out there making some noise for the DMV. That's awesome. Hell yeah. So and then you also got the brand new Ion International Training Center in Leesburg, Virginia will have its grand opening on Saturday, June 15th. And a part of that, they are hosting a free hockey tournament for high school teams. So a free high school hockey tournament. Check out their Facebook uh, for information on how to register and who to email to get your team in. Uh, might have to take the old Knights down there and maybe pick up another trophy or two to add to the Yeah, I'd like to go to check out yeah. that so, facility. I mean, if I need to remind you, we got two this year. So uh, so let's let's go into this, too, local hockey. Kyle A.B., we just got the jerseys in, or we got the jersey design for State Wars Team Maryland. Uh, how are we looking this year? What's the team looking like? Tell, tell the people about it a little bit. Uh, yeah, we got a good squad. A uh, group of us from Southern Maryland go pretty much almost every year uh, to State Wars. It's a roller hockey tournament. It's all across the U.S. AB has played in it more than me, but we got some good jerseys, good guys, and it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, we got a uh, we got a star-studded roster from the, uh, the from the DMV. We got some uh, true heroes going up there. Yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be a pretty heavy chirping DMV team. Uh, you guys went up last oh, with year. with the coach, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm Bill coming off a couple trophies this year. So go up there and see what we can see what we can do. Uh, how'd you guys do last year in that? Um, we lost in the first round, but we had a good time. I mean, sounds like this podcast, I keep repeating, losing in the first round. So maybe this year we'll do something different. 
Fuck. Sounds like the Cavs. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll see how that is. That different, but uh, definitely a great tournament. Tournament for for, for uh, out even uh, younger players start to get a group of guys together and going in the off season. It's a fun tournament. Um, go to Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Just type in State Wars Hockey and pop them up. Check it out. It's a great uh, tournament hosted every year. Yes, yeah, so we'll go, we'll all go out there for that. It's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yep. When? Yep. August 2nd yeah. through the 5th. There you for, go. We'll uh, go out there. We'll do that. We'll try to get some um, some cool interviews and whatnot with the guys out there. So th- after that, the last thing we have to touch on here is um, the Federal Pro Hockey League. There's a, there's a new team in town, and let's see if we can get our guy Gordo on here. Uh, the Delaware Thunder were announced recently, so we'll have a little more pro hockey in the region uh, where they'll be playing at the Delaware Fairgrounds. Uh, Kyle, our guy, Gordy, uh, is in that league for the Mentor Icebreakers. Uh, let's give yeah, him a ring here. Up with. Yeah, let's see if we can give him a ring here and see if we can uh, maybe get him traded to the Thunder. Good chance he doesn't answer, but hey, let's take a whirl at it. Good chance he doesn't. Don't you got roller with him tonight? Yeah. Might be prepping the wheels. You never know. We're trying to get him traded to Delaware. We're trying to get. We're trying to be his management and get him traded out of Mentor over to Delaware Thunder. So let's get him back to local. Not looking good. No. Not looking good. Your call has been mm. forwarded to an. All right, we'll get Gordon on another time. Maybe see if we can get that trade going. All right, so there you go, the local hockey lowdown there. Get you Start you off with a little bit of what's going on here in the area. So, guys, uh, the segment is back, Unleash the Fury. Uh, let's get into it because it's another fun one. It's time to unleash the fury! All right, Unleash the Fury again, guys, this past week. Martin Erat officially retired, so we thought we'd oh take a look God. at some of the comments from Caps fans regarding the worst trade in franchise history. Uh, any <laughs> NHL history. Yeah, any pre-thoughts before we get into these uh, these Twitter and Facebook replies? I hope Caps fans were roasting him. So first one here is, remember when he had negative one goals for the Caps? He finally scored, but unfortunate enough, it was on the wrong net. Fun times. Love them. <laughs> Next one here. Everyone I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, everyone forgets that the Caps, in addition to receiving Erat and Lada, also received a bag of pucks, so the deal wasn't a complete loss. Yeah, I love, oh, that's dope. I love pucks, so that's not bad. <laughs> I mean, you, you always lose them in the rink and everything, so might as well. Uh, next one, I just threw up my mouth a little bit thinking about this. Quick and easy, just, ooh, not feeling too good. Uh, this one's good. One of the worst days of my life. Thank goodness it's in the past, and not like the herpes that keeps returning. <laughs> God damn, it never goes away. It's, yeah, yeah, tough. <laughs> Caps fans are taking it lightly. So this one, uh, you kind of got to be in tune with the Wizards for a kinda, little bit here. Kind of surprised no Philip Forsberg tweets. He'd, nobody asked. Uh, there was a ton of those. There. We'll get So uh, most of those were, well, we have a cup and he doesn't. It's like, uh, yeah, but that's Could not how that works. Could you imagine him on our team? <laughs> it's not co- well, it worked out for a lot of the Caps fans. Well, it worked out for us because we have a cup and he doesn't. So it worked out. Well, yeah. Uh, people did bring up good points. It's like if we have that contract, you never know what happens in the future with trying to sign um, Oshi and Kuznetsov and that type of stuff. But beyond that, uh, I like to think that Ernie Grunfield drunkenly walked into the Caps' war room thinking it was the Wizards' war room, started looking over the list of trade prospects and saw a European player with an expiring contract that he could get for both for a draft pick and made the trade. And then the last one we have here is the Yager trades. Both are still worse, in my opinion. So trading to get nope. him and trading him out. 
Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. And then uh, the, my, one of my favorites was the reply to that is, the day the Caps traded for him was the day I almost burned my Caps gear and picked another team <laughs> to follow. I've been a fan since 1988, so clearly I'm heavily invested into the team. So those are usually my favorites when people are arguing on Twitter and they have to, I've been a fan since X date, so therefore I know more than you and I'm a more fan. <laughs> that is pretty good, though. They judge their fandom on how long they've been watching. They use it to leverage and all that bullshit. So yeah, there it is. A little um, Unleash the Fury for Martin E. Rat. Um, yeah, like we said, probably worst trade in... Easily the worst trading caps history up there in NHL definitely history. Definitely, my, say my dad talk about it all the time. It's it's definitely a a bitter mouth. It's gotta be top five worst in it. Yeah, I enjoyed Lada a lot. He was awesome for us. Yeah, he was yeah, fun. Worked yeah, hard and got after it, and just overall good guy. But maybe, yeah, what, what could have been? Maybe if we didn't get Lada, Tom Wilson never would have became the man he is. So ah, you gotta you look know. at it. Yeah, never being know. roommates, <laughs> being roommates. But yeah, uh, you never know. It's tough to say. So. I expected to see a lot more worse, or a lot worse, I should say. But like I said, a lot of it was that, um, well, you never know where we'd be today because we have a cup and he doesn't. It's like, shut up and be pissed about it and complain about it. Yeah, who cares? Exactly. So uh, one last thing here before we get into our interview. Um, as stated by ECHL Commissioner uh, Demetrius Patrick J. Kelly yesterday morning, the tradition of returning the championship trophy to the league was not honored by the Colorado Eagles. Despite a confirmed plan with Eagles management to return the Kelly Cup in the East, to the ECHL in December 2018, the arrangement was not fulfilled. So, Colorado Eagles won the ECHL championship and refused to give the trophy back. Kyle, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's hilarious. I th- that's that's hilarious. I mean, I would just keep the trophy too. Just hide it somewhere in your house. I mean, when you have. Hey, Kyle. Guess it, what? What? You did do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did do that back just in high school. Just kept the Chesapeake Cup. Yeah. Chesapeake Cup 2011, your senior year, <laughs> champions, and somebody put it in their bag, and it's sitting at the bar in the house right now. It's a nice. <laughs> it's a nice cup, boys. Nice trophy to hang on the wall. So. I mean, that suck was suck on that one. Yeah, suck on that one. <laughs> Damn, you but guys putting this on the pod. That was uh, <laughs> that was also yeah, but fuck that. We'll take well, that it's trophy. a cup. It's Give a cup you trophy, got to keep. Boy. So yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, that's before they. But did. that's that's hilarious that somebody in the ECHO was funny enough to like try to pull that prank. I mean, so AB <laughs> that's should. That's what I think of it. I mean, should the like Caps it's... have kept the cup last year then? No, uh, easily. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but if you want it that bad, why not just keep it? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think the keepers of the cup ever leave it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, ECHL is a whole different ballgame than the NHL. But, yeah, so apparently they had to create a new Gone one. Show. Um, Create a new one, all that good stuff. And if the Colorado uh, Eagles do intend to return the Kelly Cup, which they've said, they've put out a statement saying that they have uh, attempted to return it, and we're not able to. <laughs> They'll think about it. So it's, yeah, okay, you definitely did. <laughs> uh, so they return have it. it. I was yeah, well, it's still missing. Like maybe no, they have it. Partying they on a it. boat, no, dropping it in a lake it. or they something. They just won't give it back. That's my assumption, yeah. and they might have done that and haven't told anybody, which uh, can be seen. <laughs> but, uh, I could imagine the things those ECHL boys would do at the cup. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably some hood rap stuff. So, with that being said, let's get into our interview. Uh, before our interview with uh, Coach John, uh, we got a bit of an ad here, courtesy of AB, huh? So, hey, hey, yeah, there you uh, go. It's this interview with Coach John, Healing Hydration, is brought to you by Healing Hydration. is a new company opening July 1st in Annapolis. They specialize in IV hydrations, which allow, which allow for 100% absorption of fluids. For pre- and post-workouts, hangovers, or even for travel, Healing Hydration can give you an IV with vitamins and nutrients to replenish your body and leave you with a healthy, glowing skin. They will start booking appointments at the end of June. Be sure to check them out and use the code 
Chirpin. Use code Chirpin for 10% off your first appointment. So if you're in the Annapolis area and you get in one one night and wake up the next morning not feeling to, so good, might have to drive down to South County, might have to head back to Baltimore, stop in, healing hydration, book an appointment, promo code Chirpin, you're getting 10% off that appointment. So with that being said, let's get into our interview with uh, Coach John, our intern John. All right, so we now welcome on an awesome guest. You all may know him as Intern John from the Kane Show on Hot 99.5. Just kicked off his comedy tour called the Revival Tour and assistant coach at Georgetown Prep. So we are pleased to welcome on the two names you you all most well know well him know by is Coach John, Intern John. What's going on, man? Hey, it's a, it's a pleasure to be part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So like I said, we are Chirping DMV. We are a hockey podcast. So let's start with the puck talk and then We'll get into the comedy stuff a little bit. So we'll start at the beginning. Born and raised in the state of hockey, Minnesota. When did you start playing and kind of take us through your youth career out there all the way up through the prep school hockey? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Minnesota's cool because obviously you can scale outsides. I think I first started skating at like two and a half, three. And the cool thing about Minnesota is like every park has an outdoor rink. So like every, whether there's a baseball field or an ice rink. So skating all the way up through high school is going to do um, – College hockey, uh, they hurt my knee during uh, during trials or juniors hurt my knee. Uh, kind of shorted that. I was uh, going to play for the uh, Brandon Wheat Kings, like they're not the big team, but the like a junior junior team. Mm-hmm. Sophomore high school, my mom was like, "That's not happening," so <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, as it goes, so wrestling um, for probably freshman year high school, played selection high school, and then when the knee was hurt at that point, I think. Got the the uh, choice a lot of hockey guys get where it's a uh, broken uh, tailbone, sprained MCL, separated shoulder. I was like, no, it's probably not going to happen. Kind of get to that point <laughs> where you got to make the choice. Yeah. Yeah. I got to win um, some championships and, and that kind of stuff too. But this got to the point where it's like, and my parents um, are both college professors. So I saw like the grind some of those guys have just to play hockey for a couple of years. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's worth it. So I kind of uh, hung up the skates, and um, they were lucky to start coaching at prep three, uh, no, four years ago, which has been kind of a good transition. Yeah, yeah. So the like we said, the playing career has passed now, and then came the coaching. Uh, like you mentioned, you're now at Georgetown Prep, and like you said, just finished like your third year. So is this the first place you've coached, or was there a previous coaching experience in Minnesota? Or And then tell us how you got in with Georgetown Prep and that program. Yeah, so I did um, Rob Glance, who is a skating coach, or at least was a skating coach for like LA Kings. I worked his skating camps in Minnesota when I was in high school, and I worked like um, like at the Turcotte stick handling camps too. So I did a lot of stuff like that, but never actually coached, coached um, like an actual team until prep. And it's kind of a long story short where like the previous coach of prep had left like in. October or September, something like that. So it kind of worked out where I got a call from a buddy's buddy who worked at prep saying, Hey, a coach left. This soccer coach is going to take over. Do you want to help out? And I was like, well, this will be interesting having the soccer right. guy take over. But it worked out there. Like, uh, well, the first friend I made when I moved back to DC seven years ago, my friend Dante, who was an amazing hockey line, had an open hockey. So yeah, I he's got awesome. him to come on. Yeah. I got him to come on as an assistant. Dante is, uh, now one of the heads of the Little Caps program. It's gonna be he'll be in the area for maybe a year or two more for his uh, coaching college. But um, yeah, got in uh, the prep three years ago. We um, got some lucky that we had a pretty good base. Won the ISD uh, three years ago. Won it again this year too. So it's been kind of a, a crazy fun ride with that. 
Yeah, so as you just mentioned, you guys coming off a pretty good season, defeated Landon, second IAC championship in three years, won a share of that regular season IAC championship, third in the MAPHL with the 6-3-1 record. Uh, you did beat the Matha on the road, giving them their only loss of the season, as well as snapping St. John's seven-game league winning streak, again, on the road, giving them one of their two losses. So to kind of take us through the season this year and kind of what helped bring all that success you guys had. Yeah, well, it's, you know, I, I, being from Minnesota, I, I think high school hockey's done so ass backwards here. It, I mean, like, whoever sold the philosophy that you need to play a million games and be on multiple teams, it's a crack of Agreed. manure. Um, in Minnesota, like, we would do, like, you play for your select team, but then you, and then you either do that the whole season or you play for a select team, then your high school team and your select team. So it's a split schedule. This idea of playing on two teams is the dumbest thing I've seen and I and the last time you tell me that it works, I don't think you can prove that it works. And then it causes issues where you got kids having to choose between this practice or this practice, and the whole coaching coaching crap where it's like, well, you gotta miss that for this, and don't go to the right. other team, and it just causes a shit show. Yeah, and it comes to the point too where you know there's no reason why high school kids need to be on the ice more than the Capitals. It just like at yeah. what point are they not getting better? They're just getting fatigued, and then it's, it doesn't become fun. Um, so, but the season this year, we're a little, the IAC is weird too. We just start like the week uh, before Thanksgiving. So we're not on the ice until November 15th. Yeah. You guys got the, you guys got the short end of the stick on that compared to, I know with us at the WCAC and all. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it hard. So we played the math that we were only on the ice. I mean, so you do trials that week, then you're off for Thanksgiving. And then we were on the ice for two weeks for the math game. Um, and that was just – it was a weird situation where we had a – we got lucky we had a goalie transfer in this year because always our goalie – we just seen goalies last year. Our goalie transfer in, which is really helpful. Um, he transferred in. I think he played – damn, I don't know how he transferred from. I think it was Wooten. No, uh, no. Einstein. He, the school didn't have hockey though, or something like that. So then we had a couple – a transfer from uh, Maine. Then we had a transfer from New York too, so that definitely nice. helped. Um, having James Flannery, who was Maple Player of the Year, Washington Post, all met, certainly didn't uh, hurt either. I think he had something like 40 goals. And the biggest uh, disappointing thing about coaching hockey on Maryland, at least their two best players signed uh, scholarships for the cross. They could easily play hockey, but yeah, that's, I understand that's just how things are done. But, yeah, um, they, when it gets to a certain uh, point in the, in the skill, they can kind of make that choice and go on up north and <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, absolutely, so. yeah. The season first, we played Gonzaga the first game, our first game of the year. We shut about three nothing. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe there's something here. But then you shut the math down the road. It's like, okay, well, maybe we're gonna shut them up uh, five three something like that. I'm like, okay, well, maybe we got something going. And then, you know, things kind of took off. And then um, starts cooking, yeah. Yeah, and then it's just some questionable calls in the playoffs. Or you know, the the, the bad thing about it, I think. Um, I, again, being a referee too, I understand it. The referees got a lot of abuse, but I think they're spread a little bit too thin in this area where there's there's referee fatigue. Oh yeah, but they're doing some two or three games calls a night. Yeah, and, and I'm not gonna throw shade and Spalding deserve to win the game, but the game-winning goal there were six players on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the referee said when I brought up, said, "Well, I called one earlier in the game." Like, what? Well, that, that's, that's not, not a valid excuse. Not, that, that I, doesn't make it okay. No, you're right, man. You got. 
I had, I had, yeah, I had an issue. We had an issue this year. Like one of our kids gets um, slashed, and he, you know it's high school hockey, so he drops an f bomb. Like, what the fuck's going on? Blah blah blah. He's like, he's like, ref, why can't we call it? He goes, well, the kid cussed me, so I'm not going to call the penalty anymore. It's like, all right, well, tough, but you got to remember it's high school. So like you, you did mention tough, uh, tough first round loss there um, to Spalding in the first round. But you had head coach Brian Danver winning coach of the year, James Flannery getting player of the year, so swept that up. Uh, and then as yeah. you mentioned, the refing. Um, you did some refing yourself. Kind of talk us through that. I think you did eight years. Um, where all did you ref? Yeah. What's the highest league or level of play you ref that? Uh, so refing, I started when I was 13. And again, like, I really just think it's a lack of, not lack of knowledge, but like, kids can make money refing. So I think that that's like the Maryland refs and you kind of get in the crowd. There's certainly enough young players skating, but you can make, I was starting out doing like squirts and mites, like 25 bucks a game. Which, when you're 13, 14 years old, that's a decent chunk of change. Yeah. Um, I stopped when I graduated college. I was doing, like, the women's leagues, which was getting really good. I never did the men's leagues because I just didn't want to deal with drunk things that they're being called to the show. Um, and then I did, like, high school stuff, too. So it, everything was funny. It certainly gives a different perspective. That's why, you know, I think I have a different uh, approach to the referees here. But, um I've always said, like, I understand that the referees don't really care about the game because, I mean, and not that they don't care, but, like, you know, they're just trying to get their money and go. But sometimes, like, get a little bit more effort here, fellas. Right. I yeah. understand, like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not your main focus, but, like, but you got we're in a playoff game here and just because you don't give a damn doesn't mean that we're trying to <laughs> win this game or something so yeah I mean, right. as coaching and playing as we both know i mean the refs can kind of be uh the biggest enemy on the ice it's not too often where you're sitting there buddying up palling palling around with the ref and like oh thanks for this thanks for that man it's a lot of it's just both teams are screaming at them so did you get any of that in your refing career just getting cursed yeah. at getting shitted on or yeah certainly and just kind of like you know i think um Especially like there's a couple of tournament games where things get heated, but I'm trying to just tell the coaches and the parents to be honest, it's like I'm not like I don't care who wins. Like I have no bias either way. So to me, it's like I'm calling how I see it. I don't know any no, of you. Yeah, and to be honest, that's the one thing that helped us with coaching and prep is that um, none of us have any ties to the kids, so it's like there's no favoritism. And the cool thing about Brian is Brian. Um, taught at Meyer Day, which is a grade school that kind of has been a big figure to prep. So Brian taught probably half our team when they were middle schoolers, which is kind of cool. And now we have, we have seven or eight. We have 19 kids come in this year, which is insane. Um, nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we went from having like, you know, two or three to all of a sudden just, I, I don't know what the hell changed. We're yeah. obviously happy for it, but um, yeah, it's cool. Brian having the connection is, I mean, there's, like when he, uh, James Flannery graduated this year and Clay Lanham, Brian's taught them for, you know, 10 years, which is um, pretty cool. I guess since they were in third grade. Yeah, which helps so, out. So, yeah. it means you guys lose a lot of seniors. I mean, how are things looking uh, for next season? We only lost two. Uh, we, or, uh, sorry, we lost three. Uh, Cam Bass came from New York, but he was hurt halfway through the season. Then Clay and James, which will be huge, huge losses. But um, got some kids come in who can, uh, who can fly. And obviously, um, the guys from last year, so I always tell the guys that it's your season. So, um, if they come in ready to go, it should be another good run. I think the Maple is certainly – at least it is to be as wide open as it's ever been, which is very mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah, you love the parity um, in it. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a great league. That you never yeah, know who's going to lose so. or win. Or, and yeah, we saw that in the playoffs this year, too. With uh, I hate to bring it up again, but all four top seeds lost in that first round. Yeah, and, 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 yeah I'm not going to make excuses either, but we had an issues where I think we had two games canceled that last week of the year. Yeah, we hit and that. We had, we, 
we had to make them up. And we had, I think we had, we went back to back to back games, which is yeah. not good. When that weather hits at the end of the year, they just try to jam yeah. everything into a three-day window so they can keep on schedule for that Friday night championship or whatever. <laughs> yeah, which is not certainly didn't help. But at the end of the day, the season turned out well for our guys. I can't complain. They got to win the, got to win the IAC on the, on the Landon's Ice, which is always fun. There you go. Yeah, get the student section all right. We saw that. So we covered all the hockey. So now we want to kind of talk about and promote the, the Revival Tour. So your comedy tour that you got going on currently. Uh, next show will be June 15th in Annapolis, but believe it's sold out. It looks like a lot of the stuff is sold out here in the DMV until July 27th at Ramshead. Uh, kind of tell us about the tour. What can the people expect if they come out and see it? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of the, the whole story of how it started. Like, it's been crazy. It started three years ago. Uh, Fisher House is a, an amazing charity. They're based in Rockville, but essentially, um, I had a friend who was diagnosed with cancer. She was stationed in Texas in the Army. And what Fisher House does is, like, instead of her family having to pay for travel from Fairfax to San Antonio for a year of chemo, Fisher House gave them airfare and housing to kind of focus on her. So, the story of the comedy happened is I became friends with Pete Davidson from SNL through a radio buddy. And I was watching Pete do stand up and I was like, I could probably do this, which is stupid to even think. And <laughs> Pete kind of helped me out with that. And that was three years ago. And then, uh, 23, some thousand dollars later, um, We've done like 18 shows, I think. We did the first show last Friday, which was good. I just watched the game tape of that, so I uh, got some things to fix. But then we'll do um, – we go to Annapolis on the 15th, then we go to Leesburg, two solo shows. Then we go on the road to Tampa and Louisville and back to Baltimore in July. So it's been a crazy ride, but like, the goal this year is to get the $30,000 for the Fisher House. So I'm uh, I'm excited. Awesome, awesome. I always say if, you, if, you, if people don't laugh, it's for charity anyway. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're going to have to laugh. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So besides, Pete, are there any – specific role models or inspirations or just kind of favorite comedians uh, in general that you kind of try to shape your style off or anything like that? I mean, Pete certainly was a huge help. Um, just being a, a cool dude overall to, to um, bounce things off of. I like John Mulaney a lot. He's uh, got a couple of specials on Netflix. Now. I think Ali Wong is hilarious. Um, my favorite comedians, I actually booked him for a college show like 10 awesome. years ago. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I try to watch it. Well, I try to watch a lot of stuff. I'm in like the process of writing, and now it's almost like I'm hockeyed out. I get comedy out, so I'm not right. watching any comedy until I'm ready to start working on the next tour. Yeah, and just whenever that as much as you is. got going on too with I'm sure getting up at what three or four in the morning for the radio. Three thirty, man. Yeah, every day it's got to be a brutal grind. But um, absolutely. Yeah. So a couple more questions. So in terms of the comedy, um, it is 2019. All the shit that goes into that. So is there kind of any certain subjects you won't touch on, or just kind of still stay the hell away from, or just kind of make yeah. light of everything? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't do politics because I think it's easy and because right. I don't want to alienate half the audience right away because I think, for one thing, I, that's why I stopped watching late night TV. It's like, I mean, can't show do anything else. Like, there's millions of other things. Uh, also, too, like, I try to keep a close eye on, like, with the, the coaching, too, is, like, making sure there's nothing that will get back to the school that the school is frowned upon or a um, parent would take out right. contact yeah, or miss here somewhere that, else. Yeah, I think certainly like being under the charity umbrella makes that a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I've, I've been asked like, if I ever release like a, a stream of the show, and the answer has been no because I want somebody to take a five minute clip, chop up in the thirty seconds, and take some make complete it sound eye like, contact. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right, and, and then like it's game over. Say. Yeah, before I even get to say no, but it's for charity. It's yeah. like no, it's over. Yeah, it's and over, they put up like look at this guy at his charity event that coaches prep school hockey just yeah. saying this type of no. shit. 
No questions asked. Yeah. That's, that's my biggest fear, so that's why I've been very hesitant to do right now. But. I feel you. Yeah, so our last question here, our hydration healing question, promo code CHIRPIN, 10% off your first appointment. So if you go to Annapolis, uh, see his show, get a little too drunk the next morning, head on over, get that IV, the hi- that hangover is gone. So you're a comedian. Yeah, you're a comedian, so make us laugh, funny man. Got to good for us. Come on, man, come that's just, you can't just put, you put me on the spot like that. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Get, yeah, come to the shows. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, exactly. I don't give it out for free. Yeah, so we would like to come out see one of those. We'll definitely check it out. Like I said, if we, we, it looks like we had to wait till uh, Rams head there in Baltimore. But yeah, that's like we said, it's a long drive either. Yeah, I know. Well, that was Riking at, dog. All, Riking is all the way down in Leonardtown, so all the way to hell down in nowhere, Southern Maryland. So you know the rink you came at in Waldorf this year? Yeah. We're 45 minutes south of that still. Holy shnikes. So that's why everything in terms of trying to recruit and trying to get kids and do all that stuff is kind of impossible <laughs> for us. I'm not going to talk a little shit or anything, but, yeah, it's it's a hike, and, uh, yeah, we're kind of back there by ourselves. So, yeah, we're a little far. Uh, yeah, one thing I will say I'm surprised about this area in general is, like, the lack of rinks when clearly, like, it's a great time. Like, the camps have been going to be more popular, but the lack of, especially in MoCo, the lack of yeah. rinks is the most astounding. I mean, there's a rink in Minnesota. We go, it's a super rink where it's eight sheets. You could definitely get a four-sheeter somewhere out here that would, like, do well. Yeah, it's well, like you mentioned, in Minnesota, time. wherever the baseball field is, there's, a, like, an ice rink or something. Yeah, the right. only one we have is that one you came to in Waldorf, which is still 45, 50 minutes away. They have the capability of making it a two-rink or two-sheet of ice rink, but there's only that one, and they just leave the other one just kind of sitting there for nothing. Oh, that's right. It's like a It's like a sport uh, court for thing, basketball right? and soccer and whatever the hell goes on in the middle of winter that doesn't make any money like they could for selling practice slots. Oh, yeah, that, make, that makes no sense at all. That's why it's so weird this year. It's like you got the cup, you know. But yeah. I also think you like Caps fans are a little bit – like the newer Caps fans, like, don't understand. They're like, that might not happen again for another 80 years. Right. You just win a cup every now and then. Yeah, you, you, you win it once. like, oh, we're good. We, we could easily do it this year, and then we will go out and get our asses kicked by the hurricane. So hey, man, oh, maybe it's not that too, easy. So. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that could be a little. So, is now. that the reason you're going down to uh, Tampa? Got some ties down there for one of your shows? Yeah, but, um, the morning shows on um, a couple of different cities. One of the cities is Tampa, so the lightning always treats us really well. We're down there. They actually, um, I was out there last year. I I emailed the head marketing guy. I'm like, can I skate before the game? I'm like, yeah. And then That's I awesome. got on the ice. But the guy, yeah, the, guy, the Zamboni guy goes, do you want to drop the Zamboni? And I was like, dude, that has been my life dream since I was six. I drove out of the tunnel. He goes, do you want to turn the lights on? I'm like, absolutely. Turn the lights on. I was doing donuts with the Zamboni and Emily right now. It was the best experience of my life. Yeah, dude. Just honestly, it's just like, yeah, I don't want to flip the lights on, but let me drop this water thing in the back and let's like take oh, this yeah. around for a couple donuts right here, see what happens. But if I hit the wall, don't come calling because I can't yeah, well, I'm not paying for that. Oh hell no. But it was like as being an adult, like this is the coolest moment of my life is to drive a Zamboni. That's awesome. So do you get down there much for, for games? Because, I mean, obviously uh, with your show with like we mentioned yeah. earlier, the Kane Show, Hot 99.5. I'm sure a hell of people that listen to this are listening to that. That's year-round. That's Monday through Friday. Yeah, I mean, I was down there. I just thought them play the Caps. Um, when was that? April, maybe? And I think Tampa won because of blowout. It was like 4 or 5 nothing. Um, but I was down there for that game. I was down for a game earlier in the year, too, against Toronto, which was a pretty cool game. Nice. Yeah, it's got a little bit buzz to it. So I Yeah, guess- absolutely. Okay, I'll ask you one more about Tampa. So, what's what's the deal for next year? Come back a little hungrier, or probably. I mean, my my our our thought is you get this out of the way, and the next year maybe is finally the Cup run because you guys are still going to be studs and by far the best team in the league. I would imagine. Yeah, I think um, it's almost like when the Caps won the President's Trophy and then got knocked. I think they need a little more grit. Yeah, back um, in 2010 when Montreal took us out. 
Yeah, I think you need a little bit more grit. I think that's their their biggest thing. And the other thing too is like that team's not going to be around much longer. You got some big ass contracts coming up. Yeah, so. we're kind we're kind of dead in the water. But I mean, you guys still got a couple more years to keep going with it. But like I said, I think our our, our glory window is kind of out now. So we won't. Well, you got keep, it though. Yeah, you for got sure. The one, man. Yeah, we got the one. That's all you need. So we won't keep you um, too crazy. Uh, too crazy long so we we thank you again we appreciate it um if still available go get the tickets go see them in the dmv area if you're down in florida and somehow listening to this go do that but before you go kind of tell us where they can get the tickets um yeah it's uh internshinecomedy.com uh again benefits fish Rouse foundation so after all the bills are paid for right travel and that kind of crap uh, all the money goes to fish Rouse. we're hoping to get up to thirty thousand dollars this year but internshinecomedy.com uh for baltimore's july 27th dc's november 8th the rest of them are basically sold out there you go and then where can everybody find you on social media if they don't already follow you uh, you should follow me at Intrinsion Radio. Don't worry, I'm hilarious. Oh, you can follow uh, Edge <laughs> Hockey too if you want to learn about George Prep Hockey. Yeah, well, like, I guess the last, last thing, that's the cool thing too, is you bring those guys in the studio during the season uh, once or twice, which is, I'm sure, a hell of an awesome experience for them. No, absolutely. I think it, it's cool. Uh, I think uh, you give it to being a younger guy. It's, um, yeah. I think there's people that coach for themselves. And I always tell the guys, like, it's. I don't. Like, I told them before the landing game, the championship, I'm like, if you guys win, I'm not going to be able to go to the bar and brag to anybody that I won an IC championship. Yeah, exactly. But it's all about you guys. Like, for the kids. It's all for me to see you guys win. So I, mean, I think you get that too, being they're, younger guys. So yeah, it's, they're it's high school experience. kids. You know how easy they can be influenced as, I mean, both of us were in that same spot. You just want that Absolutely. cool coach that you kind of want to play for. But John, intern John, Coach John, again, we thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, fellas. All right, have a good one. So thanks again uh, to John for hopping on. Intern John, Coach John, awesome interview. What a guy. Uh, with that being said, guys, Stanley Cup playoffs, Stanley Cup final. As of right now, it is 2-1 Bruins. Game one, dominated by the Bruins, taken by the Bruins. Game two, more so by the Blues, dominated by the Blues, won in overtime. And then game three, the Bruins just absolutely pummeled Boston Shit pumping. was it seven to two? So yeah, let's just kind of go. Let's just kind of go game by game and kind of break this down. Like I said, we're up to game three in the series. So AB thoughts, comments uh, from game one and that Boston victory. So game one, Boston was just all over them and just used their speed to beat them, which we were talking about a little bit. Like it's been a speed game, and it was just they couldn't handle the the blues could not handle the speed of uh, the Bruins I thought and they were just they jumped on the crowd real quick and they just kept it rolling I mean that's that's as simple as it could get honestly I mean Bennington hasn't looked great I don't think yeah, um, not entirely um well the blues got jumped to that two nothing lead in game one uh both goals oh, yeah, I right. thought were not really as much work by the blues as they were mistakes by Boston right and it seems like the only way that the Blues can score is if it's off. It's some type of deflection. I mean, Rask is saving everything. As as we kind of touched on beforehand, um, assuming that he would continue that hot streak that he was playing on. So, yeah, Boston gets that first win. They go down 2 nothing uh, in game one, come back, score four unanswered, one being an empty net goal. So that takes mm-hmm. us into game two. That's kind of a must win. I mean, obviously, Stanley Cup final, they're all must wins. But, um, well, actually, real quick on game one, Best player on the ice, in my opinion, was Marcus Johansson. Mojo, yeah. baby. Saw yep. A, saw a couple of tweets out there, people uh, saying Mojo's looking like Gretzky on the ice. No points or anything, but he balled 
in game one. He hit yeah. that. He hit he was, that post. He, he was controlling he that confidence. third line. Dude, he can just control the puck. He knows he, his hockey IQ is through the roof. Like he he knows what to do with the puck. He knows how to get it to his guys. Insane. And that's how that's why Charlie Coyle is playing so well too. Well, Mojo's Cause playing because he's gonna get paid if he keeps this oh, up. Yeah. So that leads us in the game too. Uh, St. Louis overtime. We had four goals in the first period of that game. Had a nice little two-two game thing, and this one's gonna pop off, and then nothing until overtime. Yep. Uh, we understood it. it. So there we go. Like we said, and um, well, like we were saying, uh, Boston pretty much dominated that first game because what, what St. Louis go like thirty-five minutes without a shot on goal, really, and then that next in game two, Blues pretty much did the same thing back to them, and yeah, they just completely dominated out. the third period in overtime. Love that. Yeah, they beat uh, the hell out of goal. Them. That was awesome from the Blues. I think was that the game that uh, Grizz got hurt for the Bruins. Yeah, he got hit from behind. Yeah. Or psh, debatable ish. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So. As soon as that guy went down and said he's not returning, I said that could be huge for uh, the for the Blues because they, you know, they're a heavy hitting team, and I guarantee you, Baruby said, "Boys, you dump the puck and you hit a body every single time that that their defensemen are picking up the puck. Yeah, make sure they are feeling every single hit." And I really think that only having five D, just it it caught up to them because that's what the Blues do. They they wear you down. They. Mm-hmm. They they just hit you the entire game. Then third period rolls around, and they still have the energy because they're not getting hit. They're the ones doing the hitting, and I think that's exactly what happened that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. What were your overall thoughts on that hit anyway? I mean, it looked bad, but I thought that was more so Grizz just not really playing, 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 playing the board awkward, and, and there it is, two minutes penalty, yeah. and the guy gets suspended for the next game too. I think I don't think I don't think the intent was there. I mean, obviously, since it was straight to the head. You kind of have to call something. I'm kind of shocked that – well, I'm not, like, extremely shocked that he got suspended, but I thought he was just going to get a fine or something like that because I don't think he's had a history at all. But, yeah, it's it's just one of those freak plays where I think, um, if I'm remembering correctly, Grizz kind of, like – he kind of faked him out and turned one way and Sunquist just kind of mistimed it because I, I really don't think he was going straight for the head, but that's really all he caught. And it was I think it was just mistimed. Uh, hit by Sunquist, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, um, like I said, kind of missed time, and then kind of the way the Grizz took the hit, uh, kind of all played a factor, made it look bad. And I think he wanted to bring some stuff up about uh, heavy hits or hitting of that nature anyway, A.B. Say that again? You wanted to bring up something about or note about some oh, heavy hits yeah. going on? So I'm just seeing all like all playoffs long, everyone's just complaining about all these clean-ass hits. Like, if you, I don't know if you saw everyone complaining about the Krug hit. Yeah. That it should have been a charge. Mm-hmm. How is that a charge? How is that Krug hit a charge at all? Nah, that was a beautiful hockey. Yeah, that's play. yeah, that's playoffs for you though. Emotions running high, fans being like, I just think was, everyone's spotlighting every hit now and it's a great play. All every I mean, looking he, for every little thing with every hit, like his feet, his hands, this, that. Like it's so particular. Like your hits have to be perfect. So yeah, they they're calling for the Krug hit to be a charge, which is bullshit. And then you have this hit, which I mean, this hit was kind of bad, but the intent wasn't there. The fact that people were saying like that was a super right. dirty ass hit, and yeah, this, this gr- guy should be done for like three to... games. Yeah, yeah, it's it just wasn't. I didn't think it was that bad of a hit. I I mean I th- I think my point is the his intent wasn't just to hit him right in the head. And then this David. Back is hit uh, on in game three when Sammy Blaze or Bly or however you pronounce his name, 
rocks David Backus in the yeah. corner, and everyone's calling for a headshot. Yeah, and I don't like, think he even touches his head. Well, it's obviously you see it from both fan bases. Anytime there's a even somewhat not even close to borderline hitting the playoffs. I mean, we saw it last year, and we were on our run. But when the big guys start talking about it, saying dumb shit like that, like that's a charge and this is that and that's illegal. It's like, come on, use your brains. It's the Stanley Cup final. Let them go a bit. Right. I mean, and these these are some heavy hits in this series too. And it's gonna be, yeah, yeah. They're gonna big keep games. on coming definitely tonight. Mostly, they've all been clean. Or I mean, obviously, besides the Sunquist one, like this one on Backus that they're all complaining about, I thought was clean as hell. I don't think he touched his head at all. But yeah. that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's that's just the way she goes, I guess, when it gets to the Stanley Cup final. But you wouldn't expect it to be this um, absurd in terms of people complaining. That's why I enjoyed so much last year our guy Tom Wilson being in the Cup final because everybody hates him. So when he's on that that main stage of the Stanley Cup final, he gives everybody something to complain about. Yeah. Yep. So that leads us to Game Three. Game Three. Um, oof, an absolute gong show. Um, ooh. Bruins, I think, because I was at the wedding, so I didn't see the game, but I saw a notification saying they scored on their last three of their last four shots with the first period to go up three nothing, um, and they ran from there. I, th- I don't think they pulled Bennington until it was five nothing. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, in the second, like, like they scored like thirty seconds into the second period too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pasternak scores 41 seconds in, and the Blues get one back, make it 4-1, and then um, Tory Krug, about a minute, 15 seconds later, uh, puts it up, makes it 5-1, and then I think that's when they finally pull Bennington, and then the third period is just the third period at that point. Yeah, you're not coming back. What are you going to do? It's 5-1. <coughs> you just play to – I mean, you keep fighting. But, yeah, so 7-1, dominating effort by the Bruins. Dude, that, it, the game all started with Paris Bergeron, that first goal of the game, he like, did you see the emotion after he scored that goal? It was a gritty goal right in front of the net, tip in. I believe it was a power play, but if you're on the bench as a Bruins player, you're fired up. You're one of your top guys doing that, and they just rolled from there. They just kept on moving. Yeah, they really showed the Blues that they can dominate them whenever they want, which is a scary sight to see. Yeah. Especially with Raskin net with for them. Yeah, so we're recording Monday now. We're recording about two hours before game six. I mean, shit, game four. So we'll know what happens tomorrow. But talking about it now, what happens? What 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 goes on tonight, Kyle? I got to hope the Blues come out, especially in front of their home crowd, trying to make a big hit, trying to make a big play early and silence Boston, try to get them, trying to get them not playing their game, their strong, their strong game. But... I, I don't know. I just think the Bruins are going to come out, score the first goal, and this game's going to go. Well, what exactly do you think the Blues need to do to win this one? They need to pucks in deep and pucks on net. Mm-hmm. And Keep pass it simple, the puck stupid. Yeah, boy. And just go to the net. You got big bodies like Pat Maroon, stuff like that. You got to throw the puck on net, get your big defenseman taking slap shots, and somebody like. Do something to Rask. I don't know. Bump him a little bit. You got to get him off his game because that guy is hot. Yeah, so, A.B., if Boston wants to take that commanding 3-1 series lead tonight, uh, what are they going to have to do? Uh, I mean, just keep doing what they're doing right now. They're just rolling right Stick now. The game Honestly, their, their power play is rolling right now. If the Blues want to win, they cannot take a I think I saw the stat. They're like 50% on the road. Uh, yeah, they – they went. I think they went 100% on the power play last game. I think they went either three for three or yeah, four for four Jesus. or something. Yeah, I think if the Blues win it, um, it's going to have to be because of Bennington, and he's not letting up more than two goals. So I think he has a one goal or two goal game, absolutely max. He's got to come back and be the guy he has been all playoffs. But the Blues have responded well after losses uh, throughout yep. the entire playoffs. So I guess we'll see what happens. But I do, I do think the Blues will bounce back and take this game tonight. 
I see, I see a one-goal game, possibly an overtime game tonight again. Um, because, I mean, the Bruins the Bruins aren't going to, like, go away like quickly like the Blues did. I mean, both Bruins wins have been blowouts. The Blues win has been an overtime win. So you know what game that the Bruins are coming with. You just hope the Blues are going to come and bring their game with them. Yeah, I think a 7-2 game is kind of an outlier in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, the first right. game was 4-2, and then you had a 3-2 game. I think this is just kind of – because you remember last year, Caps-Vegas, what was it? Game four, we beat them like 5-1, 6-2 or something like that. one It was like, yeah, the 6-2 game um, when Conley yep. scored there at the end. Carlson had one. Ovi had one. Everybody was buzzing, but I think those games are kind of an outlier, and then everything after that just kind of plays itself back out, um, and then we'll see how the Blues roll tonight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like they, you, they like an, you said, it, it's kind of they, a must-win. Yeah, they, exactly. They got to know that if they don't win this game, it's not looking good. I think I saw saw, saw like teams that go up three-one in the Stanley Cup final have like a ninety-one percent win percentage in the Stanley Cup. So they they really need to get it done, and I'm hoping that Tarasenko. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a, uh, what do we got it. up here? It's definitely uh, an owl. In the shed. We got an owl up here. Uh, above the shed, it's just hooting and hollering. It's asphalt. Screwing but, me. Yeah, so we'll see. I think it's going to be a good game. I would like to see the Blues win it. I mean, it's the Stanley Cup, and every game's obviously a must win. But when you're facing a 3-1 series deficit, potentially, or you're facing a brand new 2-2 series, and you got life again. So this is, I think, game four is always one of those massive games that can kind of swing a series. Easily. It very easily is. I mean, the uh, the momentum comes back to the Blues, I think, if they win it tonight. For sure, for sure. And then you just see how it goes, best of three. And then after that. They definitely need that crowd tonight. Yeah, they knew they do need the crowd to pick it up. I think I saw John Hamm was there, ready to get everybody fired up. But, yeah, you need the crowd behind you. You need your stars to have, be stars, and you need to score first. Yep. Somebody like uh, Big Ryan O'Reilly or something needs to get on the board, or obviously Tarasenko needs to keep producing as he Pat has Maroon, been in all yeah. playoffs. Yeah, Pat Maroon even just get the real energy buzzing through that place. One of those big guys. That kid Thomas is nasty too. That nineteen-year-old uh, kid, he's li- living with the Kachucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid's nice. So there it is. That's uh kind of a Stanley Cup final recap. Uh, the next time we get we hop back on the mic for the next episode, we will be past. Let's see, game four is tonight. Game five will be Thursday. Uh, game six, if need be, probably Sunday. Yep, Sunday. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, it looks like game seven will be Wednesday, June twelfth. So hopefully we're recording uh, and we're dropping an episode the day before game seven. Give think, us a little something to talk about, baby. What? Well, if they win tonight, if the if the Blues win tonight, they easily could push the game seven. If they lose tonight, it could be a five game series. Yeah. And then next episode, we're talking about the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs and trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do next. <laughs> so there's uh, that, guys. Per usual, uh, follow us at Chirpin DMV on Twitter and Instagram. Check out our website www.chirpinvndmv.com. Um, that should do it, Kyle. Get us out of here. Yeah, boys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for everything. AB. Uh, your boys got a game tonight. I got a nice little three goal game streak going Ooh. on right now. Hi now. So uh let's let's uh let's hope that I make it four tonight. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Keeping myself so busy Personal the misery